like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual, kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prunes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. Excellent. It looks like we are live again on Facebook, and uh, we will be talking today about um, just another foundational BDSM uh, uh, concept. Um, let me see here. We are, uh, I am Primal Piggy, sorry, and I. you can find me on Facebook at The Primal Piggy, all one word. Um, I'm also cross-posting uh, this video, and I've done several of them this way, to uh, Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape Facebook, and you can find that at WCDT BDSM, and I help admin that page and provide some content there as well. Uh, my partner's been running that page since 2012, so uh, over eight years, um, really over nine years now, and um, so we're really proud of uh, the fact that we've been able to provide BDSM resources, uh, educational resources. Uh, for that long, uh, always free, and um, we there's some really good stuff if you search the archive there uh, and uh, kind of search the page. You can find almost everything that you could imagine. Um, this is a parental advisory mature content post. Uh, as always, we're describing nonviolent consensual BDSM, and it's not for minors, so uh, all of our streams are are marked mature. So that shouldn't be a problem at all. Uh, today we're going to be talking about high protocol uh, and protocol in general. Uh, in previous videos, we, we've talked about uh, numerous different types of things, and we briefly mentioned protocol uh, in uh, our last episode on collaring and collars. Uh, we, we briefly touched on it there, but I really wanted to uh, make... Um, let me see. I really wanted to make a uh, uh, an effort to uh, progressively uh, get deeper and deeper in this foundational series. A lot of times people will focus on uh, different aspects of playing, like uh, they'll focus on uh, techniques for paddling and techniques for flogging and those types of things. And uh, we've done a lot of that on w on uh, whips, chains, and duct tape in the past, but uh, I wanted this series to be um, uh, focused on things like the character of a dominant and the character of a submissive. Really, the goal of this whole series, this foundational series, is to help shape the community we want to see. And so we're focusing heavy on uh, like things like the character that is involved and on really building relationships. And I think that, uh, personally, I think that high protocol um, or protocol in general, as you add it to your relationship dynamic, that it makes for better people. It makes better dominance and it makes better submissives. 
And so uh, we just want you to be able to reach your full potential. And we want your relationship to be exciting and adventurous and very fulfilling as well. And so I, I think that I personally think that high protocol is may be something that you may be interested in. It's not really talked about a lot. Um, it, it, there is somewhat um, a secretive aspect to it. And we'll talk about that in a moment as to why uh, um, why that kind of is. And uh, but I think that it can be growing in popularity, um, protocol in general, and uh, and aspects of high protocol. Incorporating those into your relationship can be very beneficial to you. So I got my notes. So I'm going to pull my notes up here. So protocol. Um, what is protocol in general? In general, protocol is a code of conduct, a code of correct conduct. It's the customs and regulations dealing with formality, with precedence, and with etiquette. We got some big words there. Uh, it's really a general set of rules defining the proper way of interacting with other DOMs and subs within a DS and MS lifestyle, either or. Uh, it's a highly ritualized set of rules for the proper interaction between doms and subs. Um, now, etiquette is the uh, properties of conduct as established in any class or community for any occasion. And um, it really, it's kind of like the social behavior or good manners. Uh, social etiquette is really based on like age, gender, social status, and it, it evolves as society changes. But uh, protocol is really very specific. It's some. It's oftentimes it's inflexible, and it's based on rank or status as opposed to an age or gender. Let me give you an example here. So social etiquette will tell you how to greet a person when you meet, but protocol tells you how to greet them. And so, a little bit of difference there. We were defining some terms. Um, high protocol. High protocol is a well-defined etiquette and protocols to, to define many aspects of both the dom and the sub's life. Um, now remember that every high protocol relationship and every relationship dynamic is unique, is as unique as the dominant involved in it. Um, there exists, uh, let's look a little at, we'll begin to look a little at like somewhat of the history uh, just real, in a real general sense, um, you know, uh, high protocol groups and organizations um, take that one step further and they define universal protocols to formalize the etiquette that um, all of those within their social structure live by, uh, or at least that they practice in uh, their social circles and their formal events. And so there, you can have, you can incorporate high protocol into your specific relationship. And then there are groups and organizations. Um, one that comes to mind is MAST. MAST is, uh, is, a, is an MS style of, um, of protocol uh, that, you, that within, the, within MAST groups, they, they, uh, they have a universal protocol that formalizes the etiquette that, uh, for that group. And so... That's just one that comes to mind. There was uh, one at one time called BEST. Uh, it was a slave training and protocol and etiquette um, tool. It was BEST, B-E-S-T, uh, and those were acronym for something else. 
And so um, we start to put the pieces together uh, of a... Uh, uh, of a high protocol situation with three things, with structure, rules, and routines. Remember, routines are really in the form of ritual. Uh, the, the word is kind of the same. And so these three items are the building blocks on which a system of rewards and consequences are derived. And so you have these really th three things that make up high protocol. You have a structure, you have rules, and you have routines. And then there's a certain sense of, uh, of rewards for doing well and consequences for doing poorly or failing to, to, to match uh, the etiquette structure. And so a structure is one of the building blocks of any society. And it's something that most all of us crave in one form or another. Um, it's used as a tool to define relationships, businesses, governments, our own social interaction. We use structure when we raise children. Uh, when looking for stability in a relationship, it, it makes sense to find comfort in structure within that relationship dynamic. A lot of us come to a, a, a MS or a DS, DDLG, we come to a relationship dynamic because we're looking to find comfort in that structure. Uh, oftentimes it's, it's both exciting, but it's also comforting being involved in, in a power exchange or, or an authority exchange relationship dynamic. Uh, um, routines, they make it easier for us to anticipate what's expected of us within the dynamic and often in other aspects of our lives. Um, uh, in a high-protocol lifestyle dynamic, we, util we utilize routines in the form of rituals. It gives us a, uh, a giving even the simplest routine some degree of formality, and it often, uh, and often makes what is otherwise boring and a burden into an exciting activity. So um, uh, in, in aspects of like service, um, like, uh, even in like cleaning or preparing coffee or tea and, you know, um, uh, even in the, the way someone comes home from work and, um, and how they're treated, um, the, the mundane and the boring and the burdensome become a more exciting activity when ritual is involved. Uh, the way, the formality that in, uh, the steps that we take to, uh, incorporate, make something that a submissive would often find boring into something more exciting. And so that's somewhat often overlooked. Um, uh, adding ritual, for instance, into a, uh, a scene, like a sexual bedroom scene with uh, a submissive kneeling, waiting for you to get out of the shower, holding a towel to dry and then drying you off, and then, uh, you know, performing uh, oral sex and then, and then going into other types of play or, uh, you know, what she wears, how she wears it, um, you know, he, she or he. And, uh, you know, all those different types of things uh, take what could be a, um, uh, take and add formality, uh, like a formal sense, a ritualistic sense 
to to something that may happen often, and they add some excitement and uh, to those uh, different things. And so, well, uh, uh, any type of protocol structure will will have well defined rewards for performing well and consequences from straying from the defined path. And so, um, we we uh, see in the DDLG. Uh, in the, the the daddy little dynamic, we often see rewards and and consequences come into play, um, even more so sometimes than in a DS relationship or even an MS relationship, really. But um, you know, in in protocol, uh, we define rewards and we define consequences because we're trying to uh, shape and mold our submissive into into we have like goals and we're uh we're trying to uh mold them into uh to help them uh have a better uh have better submission and uh, so it really helps grow our relationship um now as we talked in the last uh in in the last video uh symbols are typically used to define levels of commitment between individuals uh, the wedding ring for marriage, preceded by an engagement ring, preceded by that maybe a promise ring, and so forth. And the primary symbol of any DS or high protocol dynamic is the collar, which has always symbolized ownership, possession, and property. We just wanted to bring that in there. And so it's not uncommon to hear a submissive or a, a slave tell their master or mistress that it isn't the lock on the collar that binds them to their owner. It's the lock on their heart. This statement um, should not be confused the fact that many collared relationships are not based on a love relationship. Um, it's, not, it's not always about sex and love. Sometimes people are in DS relationships uh, for, for, other, for, um, for the structure of the relationship. Uh, for the uh, being able to express their dominance and their submission together. And so it's not always about a love relationship. It's certainly excellent when it is. But oftentimes it's a union that's born out of a mutual need for some level of service and understood by all parties involved that it represents commitment, not love. And so really a collar is really a big commitment. Um, more so than uh, more so than a symbol of love, it's a symbol of commitment. So we definitely want to um, make that distinction because it's really important. Uh, I, I don't know if I touched that in the last video, uh, but I wanted that to be clearly defined. Um, so high protocol DS and MS uh, relationship dynamics—they've been gaining popularity. Um, especially by those who want clearly defined social structures within their relationship and with both rules and rituals to govern the way the relationships practiced. Um, and so it is um, gaining some popularity, um, but also it's still somewhat secretive. It's still somewhat elusive, maybe. And so we definitely have more books and resources available to us today especially with the internet and access to like tools like Amazon and such where we can um, we can do one search and and find numerous resources available to purchase and so um, I have a, a quite an extensive 
library uh, as a BDSM educator, and so um, I draw a lot of my notes from the resources that are available. Uh, I don't like to reinvent the wheel, so if someone has um, created resources uh, and, and to help me educate everyone <laughs> and educate myself especially, uh, then I, I don't want to have to go and do all that work myself. I definitely like to glean uh, from the experience of others. And so I definitely like to use utilize the tools available. And uh, so there's a lot of conflicting views on what a high protocol relationship is and, and how they're meant to be practiced. And um, a lot like uh, churches have different denominations or religious groups have different sects. Uh, that's S-E-C-T, sex. <laughs> um, uh, among the high protocol type groups, you'll hear names uh, such as Leather or Leatherman, Old Guard, New Guard, Gurian, Victorian. You'll, you'll hear about things like European houses or Asian houses. Or even if you're on FetLife, you may see the term uh, people are, uh, are part of a house and... Uh, you may have not known what that meant, um, but uh, you may have seen people as kind of part of a house. And so there, there is uh, uh, sometimes the houses are virtually unknown to the general public. They're, they're oftentimes something somewhat private. And so a, ha a house is basically a collective group or organization. They've collaborated to practice some level of protocol and defined etiquette through an agreed-upon set of rules and regulations for their own members. So it's like a really, it's like a little private thing. And so a lot of times, um, because of this, uh, society has a lot of intolerance when dealing with, like, um, slavery, like, uh, like the consensual MS-type slavery, and uh, because um, slavery kind of has a, you know, rightly so, has a bad rap because non-consensual slavery uh, is, you know, is rooted in a lot of the society that we live in. And so that non-consensual type or things like slave or sex trafficking really make it problematic or, you know, sometimes give a bitter taste uh, for anyone who uses the word slave. Uh, in any context, and so sometimes people get those terminologies confused, but we always are describing here, and with uh, Primal Piggy and Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape, we're always describing consensual BDSM, and so anyone who enters into a master-slave relationship is as a relationship dynamic that is consensual on both ends, and so um, it is really an extended dominant submissive um, uh, relationship with an authority transfer uh, or an authority exchange. And so uh, more so than just a, a limited power exchange. And so there's also pre preconceptions of, uh, of S&M behavior like sadism and masochism uh, sometimes are looked at as uh, psychological disorders or have been in the past. And, uh, you know, sometimes people see those things, they see the, the pain and the different things and they confuse, they, they make it, they confuse that it is um, uh, some, you know, 
it, it could be confused with abuse. But we always, uh, of course, like I said, with Primal Piggy and with Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape, we, uh, we teach nonviolent, which means non-abusive. Everything is consensual and everything is, uh, is, is risk-aware, consensual kink. And so um, because of those, uh, the way society confuses uh, uh, MS with other types of non-consensual slavery, and because of the way that um, people confuse S&M with abuse, a lot of the uh, a lot of the high protocol houses and organizations and things uh, throughout the past have been somewhat secretive, and and rightly so. Um, they have been somewhat underground and exclusive and and they don't always share their knowledge or rules because they um they you know they wanted to preserve the integrity and the purity of the lifestyle uh, that they practice and they also wanted to uh be discreet and you know they wanted to be discreet because they didn't want to be looked down upon by society a lot of that has opened up and there is a lot more acceptance, especially in our day and age, of BDSM and SNM, and uh, you know, and people are coming around to MS, and uh, it, it definitely in like more erotic literature and different things like that. There's an acceptance of MS, and so, uh, and it's you know, people are really kind of coming around to it, and so that's why we see things like, um, like. Uh, we uh, that's why we oftentimes don't know a lot about different houses and uh and and some of these different things so the the leather lifestyle it has its roots with the gay leathermen after world war ii and um they have a, their history is long and has a lot a lot of rich tradition uh, that evolved over the years and um uh and really has begun to uh kind of broaden uh, to people of other sexual orientations, and in recently, in recent years, leather has somewhat morphed or evolved, and has become more of a mindset. Um, it's the all-encompassing, even spiritual nature of leather that crosses all sexual orientations, communities, and it, um, it, you know, it's not just um, uh, an LGBTQ. We see uh, we see more straight people, uh, heterosexual people, and uh, some MS communities as well incorporating uh, leather. And so, uh, other than uh, another name that you may see are Goreans, and uh, they're a subculture of uh, of DS and BDSM world uh, that um, practice somewhat of a, an MS dynamic based on a series of books by John Norman about the counter-earth or the world of gore, G-O-R, uh, where life is brutal, men enslave women as they choose, and the only truly free woman is a slave. And these are this was a fantasy novel series, and, you know, really many have identified with and taken his books to create a very real Gorean master-slave lifestyle community. And so... Uh, uh, you know, it's only one expression of how people express their desire for a high protocol lifestyle. 
And you remember, no, no one lifestyle choice is any more right or wrong than another. It is all, um, it is all personal. And so, um, it, whatever inspires you, uh, whatever you draw inspiration from, uh, I know a lot of times we we draw inspiration and get excited about the lifestyle from uh, like erotic literature that that people read or pornography that they watch. Um, you know, which oftentimes pornography is not real. It's, it's, it's a fantasy world that's created um, to entertain people. And so, you know, oftentimes uh, porn isn't real either. So, you know, being uh, people, we all draw inspiration from the media and the social media. And, you know, I know that at when, when the Fifty Shades stuff came out, there was a, it it uh, drove a lot of people to begin looking at uh, BDSM and people that didn't know that it even existed, and uh, and so a lot of people came into the lifestyle or be, you know or became look become started to look into the lifestyle or have interest based on that film series. Um, there, there was a lot of misguided stuff. Uh, you know, oftentimes you know like pornography doesn't tell us the truth. Fifty Shades obviously didn't tell us the truth, and sometimes, you know, different books and things don't necessarily, uh, fictional books and things don't necessarily tell us the truth, and so, you know, we we may come with a certain expectation of how things are going to be, and, um, you know, and that's where roles like, like I'm in of an educator comes in where we, uh, we you know, help... Uh, we help divide truth from fiction and we help, you know, create, uh, something that is healthy and stable and vibrant and, uh, fulfilling and something that's based on consent and whatnot. And so, um, uh, inspiration, you know, is a good thing. And so it's, it's good that, uh, media, um, gives us some exposure and, uh, because, you know, in that we all find interest, we think that BDSM is, is healthy and good for people and uh, when done right and done well and uh, done with good character involved. And so um, there's also other variations of high protocol dynamics that originated in Europe, Asia, and there there's even variations in the United States. And uh, they're just further evidence of the lifestyle dynamic. And so those are, you know, there's like different houses in Europe and Asia and such. And so, uh, um, you know, there, that's a little of, like I said, a broad overview of, of some of the history of, of protocol. And, and uh, like I said, it's uh, not meant to be, uh, it's meant to be very concise and not really, uh, and not really exhaustive. And so, so is high protocol, we've kind of defined it as, um, uh, let me go back in my notes here. And so, uh, oh, wrong direction. Oh, it's wrong direction even more. <laughs> so we talked about how it has uh, structures, rules, and routines in the form of ritual. And um, we talked a little about... Uh, we talked about how it's a code of correct conduct with customs, regulations, dealing with formality, precedence, and etiquette. And we somewhat 
um, defined what etiquette was. And so is protocol right for you? And is it right for your relationship? Um, personally, I think that protocol, at least adding some degree of it, right? Well, I would say this, some degree of it already exists in your relationship dynamic. If it's a power exchange, um, it, you know, you already will have some aspect of protocol in there. Um, and you know, in, I, we believe, or I personally believe that an increased level of protocol will help, uh, will help and be beneficial to your relationship dynamic. And so that's my personal belief. And um, uh, I'll go a little more further in through my notes here. I don't want this to be a super long video, but uh, I definitely want to talk about these things because they're important. I want to give them the time that they deserve. And so rigid structure and protocol also define the power exchange dynamics that are often in place, and they help both the dominant and the submissive better fulfill their role in the power exchange dynamic. The um, protocol is really going to help you when there's a rigid structure and a, there and there's a, a protocol that tells you how to do things. It, it will help def define, and it'll put you know, it it helps both the dom and the sub. Um, um, but a word of caution here in. In our lifestyle that's filled with potential mental and physical risk, plus intense, intense sexual exploration, a greater degree of trust uh, becomes very necessary addition to our lifestyle choices. We, we need, because we're going to have a lot of trust, we need to have the character that backs up that trust. So it's really important that you're a decent person, that you're a decent human being, you have good character, or you're growing and, and you're becoming a person of better character. And so, um, because uh, although trust is something that must be earned by each person involved, there's always some degree of protocol and ritual involved in building and re reinforcing that trust building process, no matter what level of power exchange you may practice in your own life. And so uh, never underestimate the importance or the responsibility of trust when choosing to take control of another person's mind or body, it's, you know, it comes with a lot of responsibility. And so the mind's a fragile thing. And when you're taught to believe and trust in certain things, when you start to incorporate a higher degree of protocol um, and you're, you're beginning to trust certain actions, you breed predictable reactions. And it doesn't take much to crush the perceived reality or destroy that trust that's built. A submissive may want and desire to be guided into a strict, stricter ritualistic relationship dynamic, but they expect you to live it as much as they do. And I'm speaking to the dominance here. Quite simply, if you're going to preach the word of master as the truth or dom as the truth, uh, and the reality of how the slave's world will turn, or you start to give your submissive rules and things to do, then you better be prepared to keep that world turning exactly as you promised it would or deal with the consequences. And so quite, you know, you need to practice what you preach. Uh, you need to, um, you know, don't give your submissive things to do or things to do in a certain way. And then, um, then you decide that, 
uh, all of a sudden that, you know, those things aren't important anymore. Don't uh, hype up the importance of protocol and then try to do things outside of protocol. And so, uh, it, you know, don't just, uh, if, if she has a certain way uh, of, of preparing, uh, you know, of when you get home from work, you, um, you know, you, before you all have sex, there's a certain protocol involved. If you're just hungry for sex that day, um, you know, you may be tempted to break protocol and, uh, and just, you know, have your way with her. But, um, you know, too much of that breaks down that protocol that you have established. And so you need to, you know, there, it, you know, as you begin to add formality to your relationship more, uh, be prepared that you have to also, um, uh, live by, you know, allow them that formality, allow them to do the things that you've asked them to do. So you can't, you know, you, you, as you increase protocol, you, you, there, the amount of times that you break character <laughs> or break your role and, or go outside of your role will begin to decrease some. And so as the dominant, don't be building up, building too high of an expectation on the submissive. Keep it real, keep it attainable, and keep it enjoyable by all involved. Most of all, keep it safe, both emotionally and physically. Uh, the best way to know the boundaries you set in place for yourself is first define whether it's a playtime or a full-time relationship dynamic that you're planning to engage in. I know a lot of the times people on sites like FetLife and on the internet, we all like to say, oh, we're 24-7, we're 24-7. Oh, we've been doing this for 20 years. They all, everyone likes to drop 20-year bomb. Oh, we've been doing it 20 years and I'm, and I'm 24-7 and all of those sort of things. But really when the rubber meets the road, um, the, you know, the best way to, to know, um, uh, to know, uh, best way to know the boundaries that you go on to set in place is to really define for yourselves, whether it's, uh, more in the bedroom or if it's a full-time relationship dynamic. So for many strict ritual and protocol are only for sexual fantasies within the bedroom or for social time at like a dungeon or a club or an event. For others, it's the very core of who they are. Uh, I know a lot of times we uh, will, uh, we want it to be, uh, we, we want it to be more serious than it actually is. Um, but it's really important as we begin to grow in our relationship dynamics that we begin to uh, have a level of consistency and have a, lev a level of 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 brutal honesty with ourselves. It's great on the internet to to hype yourself up and and tell everyone that you're 24/7, but really you need to uh, you know have brutal honesty with yourself and you need to within your own dynamic at least know the truth of who you are. If you're not 24/7, then don't put in expectations or rules or things that uh, that fit better with someone who's 24-7 when you're only on a more limited power exchange. And so really, you know, uh, because you're going to be, you're just breeding disillusionment and somewhat adding chaos to your dynamic. And so 
Um, remember, though, there's no absolutes when it comes to which protocols or rituals you use in your own life. This is your relationship. It's your relationship dynamic, and it is, uh, you know, all of these things are tailored to your dynamic. And so every DSMS or any other form of BDSM relationship dynamic short of top and bottom play partners has some form of protocol level in place that defines how the relationship is to function on a day-to-day basis. So any, you know, the reason why a top bottom play partners isn't involved in this is because it's a power neutral uh, relationship. It's not a power exchange relationship. It's very, it, you know, the the only time any power is exchanged is within a scene. It doesn't really affect how we function on a day-to-day basis. So any other, any uh, any power exchange or authority exchange relationship already has some form of protocol in it. And so, no matter how what form it uh, takes, and so the correct level of protocol used in the relationship is any level that the dominant chooses and then is mutually agreed upon by the submissive or submissives involved. And so there's no wrong answer as long as everyone involved is happy with what you choose and and to use and practice within your own relationship. Um, uh, so, um, you know, as we kind of wrap this up, it, uh, since there's a high protocol, there are also low and medium protocol levels. Uh, not, a, not as much talked about, but a low protocol would be a level of protocol used during the normal day-to-day routines while around family or friends who are not aware of your lifestyle dynamics, like at work, for instance, or sometimes around your children or around other minors. You may not, they may not be aware of your lifestyle dynamic and there may be a certain way that you, uh, uh, a certain set of, uh, of best practices that you use uh, in those situations. A medium protocol would be a level of protocol used during times when you are fully engaged uh, in uh, like a DS or MS power exchange, but not at times when you are at a formal engagement or party where high protocol would be more suitable. And so um, if you take the time to think about it, the reality is that it's not really possible to practice high protocol on a 24-7 basis in the modern world, although there may be some rare exceptions. There are some people that um, that live in extreme high protocol, 24-7 slave dynamic that have limited exposure to the modern world. And so, but the average person can practice uh, high protocol um, you know, part of the time that they're, li- that they're living. And then the other times they, they would practice somewhat of a medium protocol or a low protocol. And so, um, one isn't better than the other. They're just, you know, those are just, you know, three ways to define protocol in our lives. Um, so in general, you, you look at protocol in that three tiered structure, low, medium, and high each tier containing components you feel you can actually practice consistently because consistency is the key to success. If you can't realistically do it as often as you're saying you want to, 
then you need to back things down to a level you can do. It takes a lot of a lot of work to put high protocol into you know to incorporate the incorporate incorporate that into your relationship, and it takes very little effort to destroy it. Even those who define their relationship dynamics as high protocol still practice low and medium protocol levels for given situations. And so, you know, just now that you kind of know what it is, uh, and uh, you already know that there are some levels of protocol, in, in future, uh, in, in, in some of the upcoming videos, we'll talk more specific about uh, uh, more specifics about high protocol, uh, like the, uh, and give you more guidelines and uh, more of the structure of it. Um, but I think that, um, you know, uh, increasing levels of formality and, and, uh, ooh, I got uh, kind of out of focus there. Increasing levels of, uh, of formality can be uh, really beneficial, in my opinion, uh, as you are developing your, you know, being a person of higher character, and you're growing your relationship, uh, you have, um, like I said, you have goals in mind, and you have uh, things that you want to accomplish in your relationship, uh, incorporating an increased level of high protocol into your relationship can be one aspect uh, to where a dominant grows in their dominance and a submissive grows in their submission. And I think those are really important things. It's important for a dominant to begin to uh, uh, to learn more about being dominant and a submissive to learn more about being submissive. It just helps keep things interesting and exciting through the long haul of a long-term BDSM relationship. Uh, again, I'm Primal Piggy. You can find me on Facebook at the at sign, the Primal Piggy, all one word. You can also find me on Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape at WCDT BDSM. Uh, I look forward to a future uh, a future video. You can find the, all the past videos on on my page, on the Primal Piggy page on Facebook, and um, you know continue. If you haven't yet, go follow uh, Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape. It's a quite a large community. And if you have personal questions, uh, you can message that site, and someone will, and uh, someone with the knowledge of BDSM, and you know, an educator uh, like myself, or and there's others involved who have been in the lifestyle for uh, even longer than than myself. Um, they will, they you know, we're all we're available to answer your personal relationship questions. We do get quite a high volume, and so it, it may take us a little time to get back to you, but um, we oftentimes uh, can, can help you out or point you in the right direction. All right, thank you for watching this video, and I look forward to, uh, to more in, uh, as we continue through this series.